Blog Talk Radio. Fifth Dimensional Living with your host, Diane Bachberger. Diane has been given message from the fifth dimension and higher to bring greater peace and understanding to the lives of others. She lives and experiences these higher dimensions to help our world come into balance and to raise to a higher vibration of love. You can find more information on Diane on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash dbachberger1 as she shares great wisdom with the world. Let's welcome your host of this dimensional living, Diane Bachberger. like that happen usually means that um, there's some type of um, opening so um, it's it's pretty amazing um, what we see around us in the moment which is fifth dimensional consciousness we don't look at the past we don't look at the future we look at the now and are fully into the now and that's how I like to do the radio show. I have a few things to talk about today. I haven't done a show since December. I believe it was around the 10th. And right now in the world and what's happening with humanity. Because, you know, that's what the show is about. Um, also, it's about the inner journey. So we talk about that. And, you know, what you feel inside of you, you project around you. So there... Right at the moment, I believe we're in three retrogrades and we're going into another one of different planets. So um, a lot of reflection. I've been sensing opening of both heart chakras further for humanity. So how, how does this relate to what's going on right now also? I'll talk about that today. Uh, there's a full moon in Libra, April the 11th, so we are progressing towards that. And um, Venus turns direct on April the 15th, so this has some type of significance. And if I don't talk about it this week, I will attempt to talk about it next week. Um, usually have feelings about when I should do shows, so... Lately, I've been doing a lot of energy work, so I haven't been focusing on shows. Getting back um, to the opening of Heart Chakra, um, I've been praying for the last two years, doing the prayers of light, that humanity open up to love and move from fear. And, you know, this is the time 
when some people have sensed, you know, on Facebook yesterday, um, that, you know, something was going on with, with their hearts. They were feeling it. For some people, when the upper heart chakra opens up, so it's between, you know, the regular heart and the throat chakra. Some people call it the thymus um, chakra. Anyway, it's it's up in the upper part of the the torso, right before you know the neck starts. So it you know that energy is in that area, and it's um, it in turn when it opens, it opens up the higher mind and the other chakras, um, the higher chakras get activated, and the throat chakra really starts to get activated after your upper heart's been activated, and it's the opening of truth. The golden flower is activated, which involves the mind and the heart connection. And then it opens up, you know, the the higher spiritual, whatever you want to call them, type of chakras up there. I've been hearing the chickadee lately, and I'm going to talk, later about how that has to do with everything that because they usually all flow together you know when I do these shows it's it's always amazes me and you know I talk about meditation on the show and going on that inner journey it unlocks the mystery of the higher mind and inner peace so there's a lot of different things that we're talking about I wanted to mention something I've been watching these shows by uh, Rock Castaldo Castaldo, and he's on YouTube so his last name's um, spelled C-A-S-T-A-L-D-O and the show's called Exploring the Caw I'm sure he's been doing these for quite a while but I've just keyed into them lately apparently on one of the shows he talked about when he was born he had the caw you know the part of the birth um, sack on his face when he was born and they usually say that or people that have that have the sight but he comes from a, a family a long line of seers so one of the things he has been uh, talking about and um you know, I've recently been seeing some things about uh, dark energy, and I, I don't really want to get into that now. But, um, you know, a lot of people have been saying, you know, why are all these things happening on the planet? And, you know, what's going on? He does talk a little bit about that on the shows. But, On one of the shows, he mentioned something quite significant, I believe. He was talking about Solomon, you know, the Solomon of the Bible, and how uh, he would conjure different beings and some not-so-good ones um, to do his bidding. And he had them as a prisoner in this cube, you know, his family's passed on these different types of stories. Um, anyway, he apparently buried this um, 
ring that has a cube on it in an astral realm, but this astral realm was connected with this walnut tree that he buried it under. And I guess down the line, this, um, or whatever, dug up this um, walnut tree and this astral prison that's supposed to be under this lake that's close to this, where this um, cube was buried in Italy. But apparently it released these beings. And um, anyway, I, I'm i just going to mention that now and I'll kind of try to lead up how that's affecting things as I go along, okay? Um, so on, on a different note, after I've mentioned about that, Mercury retrograde, you know, the one that hasn't been activated yet, starts April the 9th and goes to May the 3rd. And usually it's related to technology, and some people say, well, if things go wrong, but it's a time of reflection. So, you know, I've talked about, you know, going on that inner journey and doing that inner reflection. Well, this is a time period when we, especially when we have a whole bunch of retrogrades, that we go back and look at things and see what we could have done differently. It's just a reflection of that, okay? Anyway, it's in Taurus. So, um, and I believe that Venus is still in retrograde, but the planet for Taurus is Venus. So there's some type of uh, masculine, feminine balance going on there right now. So, you know, that that's what um, this realm, um, 3D realm, is about, you know, like uh, duality and opposites. And when we exist in fifth dimensional consciousness, which I talk about, there's more of a balance. And it um, comes from the, the heart. 3D is more of um, materialistic, physical world sort of thing coming from the root chakra. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the root chakra later too. So basically there's a lot of contemplative things going to be, especially going on after the ninth, but they're already starting to happen. The heart chakra is really opening up and people are looking at their truths from their core so there's a lot of things going on for humanity and the expansion of the heart, you know. So also I was talking about the chickadee. I'm going to talk about the cat too because I've been seeing, I talk about animals that I see around and there's some type of breakdown going on. I have a cement, um, what do you call it, planter and I've had it for almost 20 years. Nothing's ever happened to it. But recently, I was away for a few days. And either something hit it or it's just all of a sudden started to crumble. And this morning when I looked outside, it was really crumbling. So this has something to do with some type of breakdown and reconfiguring of some type of energy. Because when you live in fifth dimensional consciousness there is more connection between what goes on within you and then what happens 
around you in the physical realm. You know, it's reflected around you. So what I see around me reflects on what's going on around, you know, with people and, and the energy of the planet and that sort of thing. So I, I mention this because, you know, some people that may be listening may have not heard me, you know, do my show before. Um, I mentioned on Facebook the other day that people are clearing a lot of karma. They're looking within. A lot of this karma is coming to the surface, whether we want it to or not. So there's a lot of heavy-duty things that we have to look at, especially in these times. Um, People are now looking at what they do not want, and that leaves space to be open to what we do want. So, you know, it all comes down to looking at what we do want as a collective. But all this, like I should get back to what I was talking about before, when we do this clearing and we decide what we do not want and we are open to what we do want, our hearts open up even more and it triggers opening of this open heart even more. And right now, like I said before, you know, just a few minutes ago, people are really feeling it. You know, I I talk about animals on the show sometimes as totems. And, you know, the animals that I talk about and that I see around me has to do with a bit with shape-shifting, but not in the way, in a physical way, but that reflection around us, okay? So there's a big shift in balance in the feminine energy and evolution. You know, right now in Russia, there's a lot going on, and that's where a lot of the feminine energy is being stored right now. And, you know, the Russia is, more of the, uh, you know, a certain type of feminine energy that may not be quite balanced. And the U.S. is the masculine energy that might not be quite balanced. So right now, we're going through a time where the focus is on not the self, but opening up to being empathic towards other people and as a collective consciousness, we're flowing more into other people. And in a way, it's being shown on the planet with all these different people coming from different parts of the world and being kind of thrown at other people. So the well-being of everybody here as a collective consciousness. So... And it's also about being open to transformation and, you know, celebrating the boundary where the body meets infinity. You know, like, by that I mean, you know, in this dualistic um, realm, there's life and death. When you, you go up into the higher realms, or in fifth dimensional consciousness, there's more um, 
or maybe there's more focus on the now, but also there's more vitality and more longevity. And then the higher up you go, the, you know, there's into infinity. We're really exist in many realms at the same time. And part of us in this physical realm that takes us and holds us into all these different realms is the soul. You know, some people say, well, where is the soul? You know, some people say it's, you know, in the etheric body um, and it grounds itself in the heart. So, and other people say, you know, when you open up your heart, the way you think and the way you see things changes. So basically, the soul kind of starts to expand. It's um, when you're in really lower 3D, it's it, it's mainly in the etheric body, okay? Um, the psychic abilities of people as they expand, expands, okay? So, you know, if you're in 3D consciousness, you may be clairvoyant, but that's through the third eye. But in higher consciousness, it's through your whole being and in the, you know, it, it starts um, through the heart and goes up, you know, through the different chakras and then it goes down to the other chakras. So there is kind of um, an expansion. And um, I, if I have time today, I'll talk a little bit about what's going on with, you know, the bodies that go beyond the physical body and what's happening with them. So it's really important now to have put priority on the way you think and what you feel and focus on the positive. And, you know, when we dream, we're in the astral. It's part of the astral that where we dream. And so when we dream, what we dream, we in some ways project that in this reality. I'm not saying what we dream we actually have happen here, but when you get into a high, bit higher consciousness, fifth dimensional consciousness, sometimes that very thing does happen. So wake time and dream time, there's less um, demarcation between them. So also it's important that you be careful of the message you you send to other people i see the flowering of the soul heart and i i i will talk a little bit more about that as as we go along too so there's i, I was going to mention something i was reading an article about uh, venus retrograde just a little while ago because uh, i thought okay i'll start with that and then Mercury retrograde, and what happens, um, especially with somebody's born in that period of time when it's happened. So I went back. There's some charts. You can actually look them up. Uh, Venus retrograde charts, Mercury retrograde charts. And when I was quote-unquote born or whatever you want to call it, there was a Venus retrograde. <laughs> there was a, a Mercury retrograde so that... You you may want to go and see, you know, how that 
relates to when I talk about it, okay? Or you can go back and listen to this because they are archived. And and it may, when I read something later, um, try to get into that. So basically, fifth dimensional consciousness is about expanding the energy centers and um, then there's different shifts within you and um a lot of people wonder what the shift means it just means that you're shifting consciousness and um it starts with the inner journey and it really gets underway when you open up the upper heart chakra so when you dream something I'm going to get back to the dreaming stuff when you're in that part of the astral realm dreaming up to now, uh, humanity has identified the familiar with the good. So what that means is, you know, you may keep doing things that might not be good, but you think that's what you're supposed to do because that's what's always been done. But, you know, a lot of people have been projecting change within this astral realm when they've been dreaming and they've been a lot of people praying also. So what I'm basically trying to say to you now, it's really important to when you're in dream time and after you remember what you've dreamt to repudiate what you do not want. Okay. Cause these are times when we're looking at what we don't want. So Maybe when you're dreaming, you're going to have some really nasty dreams or things you don't really understand, but it's important to try to understand them and to release that. And by repudiate, I meant like what you do not like, and it doesn't actually have to be in dream time too. You can put it on paper, say it in within yourself, or you know write it write it down that you do not want to have this anymore. So what was familiar or what was happening in duality, we can reject it, okay? You know, some I, I, I was, a few years ago, I talked about something on the radio show about these black-eyed kids that people have been seeing. It's, um, I believe, a projection from the astral realm into wake time. And, you know, people have been seeing this. So what the thing to do is to, you know, if you if you do see something like this, it just means that, you know, these things are coming to the surface, these not-so-great things, okay? So if it's just to repudiate it, to, you know, maybe shut the door on it if, if anything like that happens. So if I have time, I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, right now, Saturn's in the galactic center uh, with Chiron, and the planet that's affiliated with Chiron, or the, the astrological sign with Chiron is Sagittarius. So this it's squaring this galactic center, Chiron. So I was talking about... Um, 
I've talked about Chiron before and Sagittarius, the teacher and the healer working together. Um, the root chakra, we hold on to things for survival here. This is what hasn't changed. We're looking at things beyond survival. We're going past life and death. So I guess right now, you know, I was talking about the heart chakra opening up more and then other things start to happen. The higher chakras and then the lower chakras become activated in a different way too, right? So the root chakra at this point in time, I feel is getting, it's almost like popping a pimple to get rid of the old, you know, like when you pop a pimple, you get rid of the pus and all the yucky stuff and and clearing old patterns and beliefs and karmic stuff. And it's really being triggered by the opening of this upper heart chakra. So, you know, I don't I, I don't talk about this much on the show, but um, I do energy work and I do it for the planet. And sometimes I have to close portals that open up to other realms that aren't so good. And um, um, a lot of these things that I was talking about, these black-eyed children that people have seen and they come to your door or you may be half asleep or... It usually happens in the middle of the night. It's some type of portal that's being opened, but it it somehow is related, you know, to this astral realm. It's it's really important that we don't focus on these things. I guess that's why I'm 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 talking about it. Uh, Also, you know, people wonder about. You know, we've got a lot of baby boomers right now and a lot of older people. I think this is the time when we've had the most older people and the most younger people on the planet. So there's really a dualistic thing happening there right now. But um, it's a time that we have to really remember, but it's funny, not in a ha-ha funny type of way, but odd way that um, these, you know, older people are having these memory things going on with Alzheimer's. So what I would suggest to you, if this is totally up to you, though, that we hold that energy for these people. So, you know, what they do and what they're feeling and it's coming to the surface, they can, you know, in a way can't process it, but we can do that for them, especially the indigo beings. Another thing that's really funny, um, I was reading the other day, this is off topic about the Alzheimer's thing, but I just wanted to put that in there. Um, I, I read that Google Translate has tongues on it now. So how, how progressive is that? That's I find it very strange, but I guess nothing is strange anymore. In my dreams lately, I've been having a lot of water, and a lot of water indicates emotion, okay? So if you're having a lot of water reflected in your dreams, there's a lot of things coming to the surface. You know, a lot of 
what I was getting with this water was that it was kind of taking over the land. So it has, it has to do with how we feel and process things and our emotions and what's coming to the surface. So, you know, there's a lot going on right now. So it's a time of clearing karma, a time that to heal the etheric heart and the flowering of the soul heart. And, you know, the joining of the soul heart and, you know, I was talking about the soul expands. So, but, you know, these things happen in the etheric body first, you know, changes and things like that. So people that are sensitive can feel them happening within, I mean, on the outside of their body, okay? So, you know, I was talking about the opening of the soul heart. It's happening now in the etheric body, and it's, you know, for some people it's actually happening in the physical body. And it shifts the way you see things and how you process things. And so the way you see things with some, and, and how you process information changes the way, you know, things are functioning in the mind. So it's the opening of truth. You know, some of these indigo kids and crystal kids have been born speaking truth, so they, they have these things open already. So it's like, you know, they're kind of leading the way, or the indigos prior to them were really leading the way and opening up these channels. You know, sometimes I've talked about the golden flower, and it's the process of having the mind and the heart connect and the flowering of that. You know, the soul heart opening is a flowering. So these flowers all bloom together. And like I said before, the um, meditation unlocks this inner process. But, you know, this inner process up to now has been kind of, happening gradually but there's a real radical process going on right now for people that have held a lot of karmic stuff for a long time and I was seeing the other day the etheric broken heart being healed so in this process um, you know once the etheric broken heart is being healed then the actual physical energy that goes into the heart because everything is connected right the physical body is connected to all the other bodies um lately i've been seeing a lot of numbers but one of the numbers mainly that i've been seeing is seven and nine and actually seven and 79 and um i was i went looked it up but it it has some amazing meaning um so let me just see if I, I can find that article I had about uh, the meaning of 79. Um, people say that, you know, when you're in fifth dimensional consciousness, you start to see, when the upper heart start, opens up, you start seeing numbers around you. And, you know, some people have been seeing 11, 11, 
which is the divine gateway. So it, it means that your heart chakra is opening up. So that people have been seeing that. It opens you up and, and then you're divine. You're connecting to the divine being, that higher part of yourself and to God, right? But um, also I, I, I found out later that um, 79 is sometimes or most often the first day of spring, you know, the number 79. So that's kind of interesting. Um, Number 79 is a number of introspection and intuition. It promotes the welfare of humanity. So that is amazing. You know, I have, I I read this about a week ago, but I'm, I'm seeing how it's pertaining to now, now, okay? The energy the number 79 represents, and this is, um, Affinity numerology, A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y, numerology, N-U-M-E-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com, slash number meanings, and then number 79 meaning. That's, if you want, you're interested in looking it up. Um, the numerology number uh, 79. So it's it's about perception and astuteness. So you know, we we were talking about opening up the upper heart and how, you know, the soul connection between the heart and the brain starts to expand and how we see things. It's able to consult its inner wisdom and analyze problems to find viable solutions. So this number represents that. That's pretty amazing. I just thought of this, this 79 right at this moment. I wasn't planning on using it on this show. So acquiring knowledge, you know, of and about itself is an ongoing enterprise of the number 79. So perpetually accumulating wisdom, not only about itself, but also about individuals, humanity, and the physical universe. Social gatherings tend to be approached as opportunities to learn about people's actions and reactions while moving around, associating, conversing with others. You know, when you're in 3D consciousness, if somebody, you know, you're not really open to that, it doesn't mean that you can't be. And sometimes people get actually annoyed and about looking at other people and trying to learn about them. They would rather talk about themselves. It doesn't mean necessarily that that person is self-centered. It's just the way 3D is, right? A person with 79 in a prominent numerology chart position generally prefers literary or scientific activities rather than small talk or uh, business pursuits unless a small talk or business has genuine potential to benefit mankind. So... It's interesting when you have that different perspective, you have that expansion of the mind and the heart. You're more, maybe a bit more interested at the beginning about people and, you know, you don't focus on money and you do things that you love and they just fall into place and then you make money or whatever you need to be here, right, in this physical realm. So the number 79 tends to be aware of the ambience of location experience. It correlates with those 
with the presence or absence of certain individuals. The purpose of others at the location and other variables. It's a way to accumulate wisdom. So humanity right now is expanding that part of themselves. You know, it doesn't mean necessarily of the mind. It means of the heart, too, you know, because the heart and the... They found brain tissue in in the heart, you know, so they're, they're interrelated, but it seems to be more so when you expand your consciousness. 79 tends to be tolerant rather confrontational because tolerance provides more opportunities to learn and confrontation tends to focus on, on only one thing which closes the door to other opportunities. Let's just see how this article goes. So, anyway... It says number meaning is derived from the intrinsic nature characteristics of the energy the number represents. So we're talking about the essence of the number right now, okay? Tone or vibration. So everything has a tone that exists here, you know? And I'm going to talk a little bit about the vibrational levels of the different bodies that are within our energy field but beyond the physical body. So I'll do that in a little while. As an overview, the essence of the number 79 is a composite containing the ideas of introspection, intuitiveness, humanitarianism, wisdom, analysis, and tolerance. So the meaning of the number of the number 79, they're interpretations of the essence in relation to the numerology chart position or in relation to the situation, the circumstances where the number occurs. So basically where it occurs and how it occurs and when you see it and how you see it and how it relates to everything around you. So, you know, the feelings that I'm feeling, the things that I'm seeing, the energy things I'm seeing, they're all related to this interpretation of this number 79, okay? So I'm... Try to intertwine that together. So it says that if the number 79 is the destiny position of the chart, it means the person is likely to be highly intuitive, spiritual, humanitarian, introspective, enjoys analyzing situations and solving mysteries. I, I love to do that. You know, I used to annoy people when I'd be watching a movie and I would say, well, this and this and this is going to happen, and, and it did. And they would say to me, how do you know that? And I'd say, well, I don't know. But it's intuitiveness, right? So if the number 79 is in the heart's desire position of the chart, the person tends to to desire to be more attentive and intuitive about things and find it easier to solve questions. You know, I've never quite focused on that before but it, it it expands your understanding but you know some people don't want to talk about the heavy duty stuff in life they just want to have fun it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not higher consciousness but they're more focused on the physical stuff okay so you know also they talk about the core essence of the number 79 it's about introspection and humanitarianism. So when we go to the core, the very basic meaning of it, and they talk also about looking at each individual digit. And I thought this was interesting because my 
my favorite number is seven, and I was born on the 16th, and it was 2016 last year. And it kind of was a special birthday for me, but then I got to see the significance in the number 16 and the seven. So they talk here about uh, seven plus nine equals 16 and one plus six equals seven. So those are my two numbers, right? So this is the core essence, basically, of me. So anyway, and so they reduce the number to seven. So it has more force capacity than digits. Uh, of the numbers being reduced. so. But when the reduced number is identical to one or more of the digits of the multi-digital number, it means something, okay? So the 79, but when it reduces, it's 7. So it's it's there's a lot of impact in this number, I guess that's what they're saying. So the 79 essence contains the 7th essence twice, actually. So it's the seventh is introspection, intuition, and wisdom. So there's a lot of that, um, double the amount of that, and then there's a dose of nines, you know, such as humanitarianism, tolerance, and philanthropy. So it's a it's a unique number, okay? So it it's amazing that I'm seeing this number a lot at this time. So it's about the knowledge of oneself, the introspection, and you know, we're talking about at this time also, you know, all these um, Mercury retrograde, uh, um, you know, Venus retrograde and all the other ones, which I will get to around to talking about. It has a high ability to solve mysteries, especially questions related to what be answered. So it's about inner wisdom and connection to the knowing. So I, I'm seeing this number for humanity. That's pretty amazing. Okay, so I can see a lot of expansion. You know, a lot of people would like this world to be different. And, you know, there's things that have happened and are being in this astral world, you know, to dream has allowed when there have been these openings, you know, like um, these beings that aren't so benevolent, they're malevolent I can never say that word anyway they're they're you know like sometimes they can sneak into our dreams okay so it's allowing us to see past this and to you know take back our power and our inner wisdom the number 79 focuses on well-being also so this is the perspective to be non-judgmental compassionate and tolerate of individuals. You know, I was talking about that energy, that Chiron energy, which is like the Sagittarius teacher, healer sort of energy. Well, that's what's going on with humanity also right now. So a lot of exciting things. You know, I haven't been this excited a long time about what's going on here right now. Because, you know, there's been a lot of things that haven't been so good, but we kind of went to that deeper part of ourselves to look at that. And it, you know, maybe wasn't a fun thing to do, but it was something that was needed to be done. So there's a lot of wisdom gained through knowledge of the self. 
And it is the urge of the number 79, both spiritual and analytical factors. So it comes from the heart. It connects to that part of ourselves, you know, which analyzes, but also the spiritual aspect. And to discover oneself, because we're here to become who we really are, okay? So just imagine your introspective abilities and your intuitiveness connected connected to ancient wisdom. You're looking at that ancient wisdom right now. And, you know, are the things that have always been here and we've got we're looking at them whether we want to keep them or not and the things that we don't want to keep are going boop out you go the welfare of the human race constantly has a degree of focus there's a i don't know why i couldn't say that there must be something else that i have to share because you know my mouth speaks speaks truth um I'm reading something over again, okay? Because I'm kind of... It focuses on the well-being of humanity. Praying for the well-being of humanity as a whole, as a collective. And that they see past what this realm has been like. And that we see that we're really a lot alike and you know all these different separations and wars and different things aren't really who we are so there's wisdom being gained through all this okay so don't be afraid to go within don't be afraid to look and be introspective at this period of time and connect to that intuitive part of yourself. You know, it's 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 very important. So um, I just thought I'd. There was a reason why I had to mention that. So, and there was a. I had to stress something in there too. I'm just going to go back and see if anybody has any questions. You know, this this might be heavy duty stuff for people, but it's something that I'm being told to. You know. Stand up for the radio show used to um, be under Earth Angels Radio. Uh, Carol Guy started Earth Angels Radio in 2007. I should mention this, and now it's called Enlightened Masters Radio. So uh, the reason for the change, you know, the angels um, were there for humanity to help them, and now. You know, the the enlightened ones on the planet are here now to help humanity. It's not I'm not saying the angels aren't here anymore, but we're humanity and different beings are given that role to help, to end illusion and these old patterns and to know yourself and who you really are. So it's been it's been a, ch- a challenge for some people, but it's something that a lot of humanity is taking on right now. You know, these unconscious beliefs that are coming to the surface um, disrupt people to the core. You know, and the heart, the changing of the heart. There might be times where you feel like you're almost like having a heart attack, or your heart's beating really fast, or it feels 
it's the shifting of the etheric heart to the how do I, how do I say um, to the physical heart? Okay, because when you're you're ascending in physical form, so you know we're we're staying here, but we're shifting how we how we are. And, uh, you know, people have asked me questions about the transmigration of the soul. You know, some people see the transmigration of the soul as, you know, people doing these spells and one soul moving from one body to the next. Well, this has stopped. It is, it's, it's not happening anymore. So if anybody was doing it it's it's not happening anymore so what you see is what you get okay so the trans migration of the soul is the expansion what i'm talking about what it means now in fifth dimensional consciousness is the soul expanding within us okay you know i was talking about how you know, the soul, people thought it was in different places and somehow it was connected to the heart. But in people that, um, like psychopathic type people, their soul isn't connected to their heart or very little, okay? People that have expanded their soul are connected, really connected with their soul. It is more open through the heart, okay? Um, The heart chakra and the upper heart chakra is where the energy between the higher and lower bodies or chakras connect. There's a flow there. Anyway. And I think, you know, stuff with um, changing and, you know, people feel this changing energy. They you know, they might have experienced all these past lives coming to the surface and that some people feel they were, they should really be a female or really be a male, you know, and that's part of where that transgender identity comes from, okay? You know, some people talk about um, people here being hybrids and part of the alien, you know, DNA or whatever. At at some point, maybe, you know, something like that did happen, but we're becoming more connected to, to what the divine creative energy right now. And this is something that... Um, basically is just happening. You know, there's been, you know, I was talking about this raw at the beginning. Um, He talks about, you know, the astral planes and different things and what, how, you know, these, you know, the astral body that we have is so close to the body. But, you know, this astral levels and stuff like that, there's, there are beings there that were created, maybe they were banished there at one point or, you know, or just live in their own reality. 
this is the creative reality. So they've wanted to come here, right? So it's it's not for them to be here, though. And they've they've tried to do things, even this hybrid thing, so they can physically be here and create that energy to be able to do that. But that's not what the creative energy really created this this reality to be okay it's it's for humanity and to exist in their most pure loving form um you know you've heard of the hadron collider and there there's there's one in the US too they're all over the place but anyway um they've been trying to do that to open up these realities and there's always something that stops it okay in different um cultures and different um places you know they've talked about spirits trapped that haven't gone on in the in the astral realm or whatever but they kind of come out here and some people have seen them as ghosts but in 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 I think Asia or over um, in India, they call them hungry ghosts, especially in Japan. So, like in fifth dimensional consciousness, we stand up for what we believe in and we speak truth. And people may see this as, I don't know how to put it, a radical self, but it's really being your true self. Um, maybe I'll start off with, um, I'm going to talk about the chickadee um, in, a, in a minute, but I want to talk a little bit more about these subtle bodies. You know, some people see the energy around us and other people don't. But, you know, there are seven subtle bodies. And some people have more than that, but we'll, we'll just concentrate on this around the body right now and they create the auric body system or the aura you know some people do healing and they work on the outer layer it's like some people compare it to an onion or you know different layers um but they're not really different layers they're all interconnected so as you go inward or outward they're all there's kind of a a transition period where they they kind of cross over each other the next auric layer um outermost body is called the causal or catheric body and then the celestial body comes after that but it contains both itself and the causal body okay so as you go towards the physical body, the etheric, you know, the first layer, it will be the densest because it holds all seven subtle bodies. So each bot, as you go inwards, each body contains all the different bodies. And then there's the physical body. So the etheric body is connected to the the physical body. So that's why, you know, you hear about healers working in the etheric with the energy 
to because that's where it actually shifts the energy. So when I'm talking about the, the etheric soul heart and the blooming of that, it, it's you know you actually see if you're if you're clairvoyant, you see these flowers. You know some people have different gifts. Maybe I'll talk about that on another show. Uh, the seven subtle bodies can be broken down, and um, there are three physical plane bodies. There's three spiritual plane bodies, and the astral, which is the bridge between, you know, like I was saying, the heart is the bridge on the physical body between the higher and lower chakras, right? So the astral body is the bridge between the lower and higher bodies. You know, there's different teachings, but some people say that it's the fourth in the spiritual body. So the lower three bodies, they deal with the physical plane, okay? And then the upper three from the spiritual planes. It has to do with, you know, the physical and the spiritual planes. The energies of the higher planes must pass through, like I was talking about before. They call it the fire of the heart, the heart chakra. So, you know, I've talked about, you know, this fire, heart heart fire before on other radio shows. I think it was probably about four years ago that I really got into that. And it was just from what I was being shown, Okay. The heart is where the energy shifts. So the heart does a lot of work. This is why I'm talking about this, just to show you, okay? But so within humanity, the heart chakra is has really opened up, you know, the the lower heart chakra and the higher heart chakra. So each of these or, you know, it has its own seven chakras. So it's it's amazing. <laughs> so each of them are nestled within the other auric chakras. And each layer extends outwards and the chakras vibrate at higher rates. So the more you move outwards into these different bodies, the chakras vibrate faster, okay? So you know the seven chakras that we have in the, they call them within, that come from the physical body, they go out into the etheric body, but they vibrate at a lower frequency than the seven chakras within the causal body. And the base chakra has, you know, seven major chakras, we're all vibrating at, at different frequencies. So right now there's something like I said before, that's happening within this energy within the root chakra. And it has something to do... Well, sometimes, you know, when certain um, chakras open up, it triggers something else. So it's like um, the upper heart chakra and the root chakra are connected. And then it has something to do with the brain, the way you think. You know, there's a whole bunch of other connections too, but I'm just focusing on these right now. So this energy that I was talking about, the vibrational frequencies, 
they're they're communicated and they're transmuted between all the bodies to the chakras you know so i think i was talking on another show about you know the higher chakras opening up and when that happens you know the one above the head um that switches the energy within the body and then the energy comes into the body and goes out and then goes down and comes out instead of being activated within the body and then going down. That increases the, you know, the vitality of a person quite a bit. Anyway, so base chakra is really changing now too. So the the first layer, the etheric body, you know, that is the body that a lot of healers work from. And it's the closest to the physical body, like I said before. And depending on the person, it extends, you know, just really close to the body or about two inches, but it can expand or extend even further than that. And for some people that have got into God consciousness or Christ consciousness or heart consciousness, it actually, all these bodies end up becoming one, okay? But so what what is different is that instead of it pulsating at a certain frequency, you know, all these bodies pulsate, when the heart chakra is open and all these chakras are opened and you go into a different consciousness, they're all pulsating at the same speed, okay? Talking about the the etheric heart soul. This is um, a body or in the etheric body that, you know, has, is where partly where the soul is. Okay, so when you're more vital and you have more of your body that are vibrating at the same frequency, your actual soul goes into the body. So the entire body, including the organs, can be seen by certain people. But they're kind of like, it's an emotional area where the part of the emotions is. But because, you know, like I said, each body kind of goes into the next body. So your etheric body actually has part of the emotional body in it. So it's like a blue color, like water, the emotion. And sometimes it can be gray, a kind of a lightish gray. Anyway, the second layer, um, like I said before, is the emotional body. And it is associated with feelings. So it has part of the heart there too and the soul because it kind of fluctuates. Like I said before, they're all interconnected. And this is more fluid and at a higher frequency. But it, it's it part of that etheric body goes into it, of course. But it, it's not like the etheric body, which kind of duplicates the physical body. So the etheric body actually has organs and everything else in it. So this emotional body is about 
double the distance from the physical body, so three inches or maybe even more than that. It's like color. It's, it's like a beautiful, f- fluffy cloud that has a whole bunch of different colors in it. And it changes color depending on the emotions. So love and joy and those positive, kind of more positive kind of emotions will have different hues than if you're angry. Uh, uh, it was funny, um, this lady that has uh, a page on Facebook, and I'm trying to think of her last name, but anyway, her first name is Mary. It'll come to me. She took a picture of a lady and a man sitting together with her camera, and she's very intuitive and she takes people into astral realms and different things like that. Or anyway, out in you know, out in the woods and different things like that. But she was talking about this what happened. And this lady had um a red color. It was like a cloud over her. And so that would be your emotional body. She probably was angry. So bright red would be anger. And then if you're confused or you're really more sad, you would be kind of brownish. You know, like, remember the little guy on um, Peanuts, uh, Pigpen, he had the muddy cloud. (laughs) said that he had, uh, this thing would go around with him. It it correlates with um, the emotional body, okay? So this body contains, you know, the color prism, you know, like the rainbow colors anyway. And then it has colors that kind of go together sometimes when they're all mixed emotions and things like that. It's pretty amazing. And that third layer, the mental body, it um, holds our thoughts and mental processes. And I think it, it, it does have part of the soul in it too, okay? But the physical or more physical part of the body, um, the etheric, you know, has a reflection. You can actually see what things look like, okay? So this mental body has, it's about eight inches, up to eight inches. And it, it has yellow. So it's around the head and the shoulders. And it kind of filters out down below. So if you're seeing somebody's aura, and you're seeing this kind of uh, yellow or golden haze, you know, some people might see it and then think it's like an aura, but in a, in a way, you know, it, it it is part of the aura, but, you know, some people see it as a halo. So this yellow color will brighten if, if the person is in deep thought or in concentration. So... It's mainly this yellow color, okay? So if there are um, thoughts emanating from the emotional body, those colors in the emotional body, those you know, colors of the rainbow will come through, okay? The fourth layer, the astral level. So this is the level, you know, that... They say, you know, there's a, the tie to the astral plane and to the spiritual plane. This is the bridge to the spiritual plane. It's where we, the edge of the astral pl- 
plane or the astral level is where we dream, okay? And anyway, some people start to work with this plane. And, you know, it's where our perception and abilities go from the physical to the subtle, okay? So it is where we perceive energies that are not of this, where we're talking about the physical vibrational level, okay? Anyway, it's got very beautiful colors within it, you know, gorgeous, gorgeous colors, even magenta, you know. It it can be up to a foot from the body. But in, in some ways it's like the emotional body and color, but the pink or rose is with these colors. And, you know, ascended masters have that pink color. So, you know, if, if, if somebody is, you know, has expanded their consciousness, is walking down the street and somebody can see, they would be able to see this person have that pinkish color, but also they would see them have like little sparkles around their head. Um, So if this, you know, a person's like a Buddha or something like that, they would have a lot of pink and this gold. So the astral plane also is connected, I guess because they're all connected. Um, it's very connected to the heart chakra. So, that you know, that pink energy is, is the heart chakra energy. Um, and it's very connected to the emotional body because it's tied to the emotions. You know, it has... If you, you know, I was talking about that woman being mad and she had that red cloud above her. When you see somebody in love, you can see pink shooting from their heart chakra. So when we are in the astral, our emotions are greatly enhanced either way. So but if you um, feel love from the astral level, it doesn't involve the lower body emotions and the physical body. It, it does just a little bit, but not totally. So it allows you to flow in love without restrictions. So, you know, you hear about people saying they love everyone and love and all that other stuff. I feel love for everyone. So I'm sure that part of myself has that energy flowing there. So the fifth layer, the etheric template body. So it's actually the template for the lower template body. So, you know, the etheric body that's closest to the physical body. So this exists before the physical body is formed. And it is the part of you that exists in different dimensions. So it's it's like about two feet from the body. And it can be seen by some clairvoyants and, and advanced healers. It is an important layer in healing. You know, I was talking about people work in the etheric body. They also work in this layer, this etheric template body. The more advanced healing people do this. So 
when you work in this layer, and I, I, I do work in this area, um, it kind of causes a kerfuffle in your etheric body because things have changed there. And it, it's dark blue. It's got a dark blue hue to it, you know. The celestial body is the sixth. And this is where the spiritual and the emotional area kind of come together. And I think from this is where, you know, things really start to open with the heart chakra. People feel bliss and spiritual ecstasy. But, you know, you don't want to stay in that state because you wouldn't get anything done if you were in that state all the time, right? In the physical realm I'm talking about. So it's a, it's the divine love interconnectedness. You know, I was talking about people going through a period right now, inner reflection and seeing what's really truth and what has meaning. And this is where we raise our level of consciousness or awareness. Um, and we allow that connection to happen from the heart chakra and you know from that um, connection between the heart chakra and the celestial chakra so that the energy flows back and forth because each layer has its own chakras right so though you know I've got you thinking right now the heart chakra emanating and really hitting into this um, celestial body. And it has to do with divine love. And, you know, it's very soft colors, pastel colors, and they glow. You know, some people have really have this developed, so you'll see. If you can see it, you can see these beautiful colors. And, you know, I was talking about the causal body and the cathartic uh, template you know, we have all these different, you know, we talk about the physical planes and the spiritual planes. This is the outer level of the spiritual plane. So it, it would, you know, it, it, it encompass, encompasses or whatever you want to call it, everything, Okay. This celestial body is, you know, what I was talking about before, is the emotional level spiritual body. This is the mental level of the spiritual plane. So it has all these other bodies within it. And it extends, you know, can extend about five feet away from certain people. And it's like an egg. So this is what I was saying. You know, people that have this really developed, you know, it... it the frequency is the highest in this one, right? And then you go beyond that, you go into the cosmic, and there's there's a whole bunch of other different planes that are included. But we're we're just we're just talking about these ones now. So this one's the gold or silvery gold, and um, you know it pulsates and vibrates at very high speed. You know sometimes. If your upper heart is opened up, you'll see these. your body's pulsating. You can feel it close to your body. That is the etheric body pulsating. And then what we were talking about before, the, you know, the, I think it was the fifth, fifth level, the etheric template body starts to vibrate. And then 
it goes beyond that, you know, to this seventh layer of the causal body. And anyway, this is where this connection with God is, but it, it has the main kundalini force. It pushes it up, right? But when you open up the higher chakras, the energy kind of shifts. So while this ketheric body is, is you know, the, the last one, you know, there are other ones too. So I just wanted to let people know that, you know, there's big changes happening and has to do with a lot of different things going on right now. Let's go back to the radio station and um, see if anybody has any questions in the chat room. I was actually able to get the chat working. <laughs> um, maybe I'll talk about the, the chickadee um, because I've been hearing the chickadee and seeing the chickadee. And I, I read from a book, uh, Animal Speak by Ted Anders, The Spiritual and Magical Powers, Creatures Great and Small. He passed away in 2009, but the things that he gave to humanity have very big impact. And, you know, I've talked about angelic beings, you know, communicating with numbers and seeing these numbers around us, but also animals are part of that, you know, expression. So in this book by Ted Andrews on 125, in the bird section, the chickadee, the keynote, cheerful and truthful expression. So we're talking about humanity you know, coming forward and, and being more truthful. You know, you have all these people saying, you know, that media is not truthful and they're lying and they're doing all sorts of weird things. I heard on CNN not that long ago there was this reporter that went to India and he was doing the documentary on Hinduism and he actually ate part of a brain because he got involved with this cult. And I was thinking, why would they put this on the on the news? But it it was really bizarre, but, you know, everybody is stepping forward and speaking their truth. And these are times of, you know, speaking your truth. It comes from the throat chakra. It comes from the heart chakra. It comes from, I'm hearing, the causal body, you know, the one I was talking about. Um, anyway, so this... Um, Causal body has something to do with the spiritual, emotional things that connects your heart and your mind and your throat, and you're in you're in this kind of bliss state where you feel divine love and interconnectedness, and our level of awareness and consciousness and our knowing, you know, from the heart chakra and from everything interconnected. It has to do, you know, with this divine love. So this truthful expression of the chickadee is pretty amazing. Cycle power springs. So it's part of the titmouse family, and it means tiny. Tit means. It's a folksy 14th century English name for little. And it's, you know, comes from moose, a general name that is applied to any small, dull-colored bird that in the same period it is known for its cheery call, and to many people, its mating song is the first sign of spring. 
And the chickadee usually has a black cap on its head. Many birds have caps, and this has great significance. Anything associated with the head has application to thinking process, higher mind, and higher perception. So, you know, we were talking about the higher mind. You know, once that higher heart opens up and it's been expanding even more for humanity as of yesterday, it unlocks this higher mind. And then, you know, the upper chakras open up and there's more chakras in turn. It's almost like a domino effect. And people speak not only their truth, but the truth, okay, and the knowing. So black is associated with mystery, the feminine, and the great womb of life. You know, we were talking about that root chakra, that connection, that physical connection. So as to the color of the cap, it reflects the chickadee can help you with uncovering the mysteries of the mind. It can awaken understanding and higher truth. This is what we want to do right now. Radical self-understanding and enlightenment. That's why we changed the name to Enlightened Masters. We all have the opportunity to become enlightened masters. So it has to do with this creative energy and the feminine creative energy. You know, the water energy, too, is part of the feminine energy. So it uncovering the mysteries of the mind, it can awaken understanding and higher truth. It can help you perceive more clearly in the dark. So this is what humanity needs right now. To the Cherokee Indians, the chickadee is a bird of truth. It helps us to pinpoint truth and knowledge. One tale uh, speaks of a witch and uh, by the name of Spearfeather who terrorized the entire tribe. She would wait in hiding and kill a passenger by and eating them. And she would stab the liver of the individual of the, her spear and eat it. You know, a lot of really weird cults things and um even dating back to egypt and that um the sun energy gods and the different things like that they 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 did eat, do things like that apparently they say that um you know in africa some, some people eat the brains of their family so they feel that passes on the knowledge well the egyptians did that too but anyway this witch you know she was nasty and nothing seemed to be able to stop the witch because she was made mostly of stone. You know, stone is very rigid. Humanity is becoming less rigid. And, you know, it's breaking down. You know, like how I saw that cement thing I've had for years, and all of a sudden it's breaking down, and I knew it had to mean something. Then a chickadee landed on her, showing the tribe warriors exactly where she was vulnerable to attack. So the chickadee landed on her. So these chickadees travel in groups, and they're cheerful, and they're sociable, and they're also fearless. So maybe that's what I'm seeing. Humanity is reflected in the chickadee lately, okay? And with no qualms of taking a larger bird that may threaten it. And people have been speaking up and then, you know, picketing and rioting and doing all sorts of things. There are seven kinds of chickadees, and this is the most significant to those with this totem. Seven has a sacred symbolism. So there's the number seven again. I did. I, I haven't read this for a long time, so I had forgotten, if not remembered about that, but it makes sense with the numbers I'm seeing. 
throughout the world as a sacred number, symbol, an individual rising from the material plane of life. So it's depicted in the image of the triangle upon square. It is associated with seven rays of power, the seven major planets, the seven bodies of the human being, and the seven chakra centers. So that's why, you know, I am reading this. This is just flowing into the now. It is the last correspondence that is reflected most strongly with the chickadee. When the seven chakras of energy centers of humans are balanced, there is a greater realization of truth in the world around us. So there there have been beings and trying to destabilize humanity, maybe even in astral dream time. But we also have that feminine energy there that gives us messages and we express who we really are in that time. It also, you know, these um, this truth and these realizations and this chickadee, it enables us to express the truth more joyfully within our life. You know, some people say the truth hurts. Those who have a chickadee as a totem will learn to express the truth in a manner that heals, balances, and opens the perceptions. Truth is shared in a manner that adds uh, cheer and joy to your own life and life of others. So that is amazing. You know, it's funny how I feel all these things and I see these things. And I have the cat too, which is on 258, and 58 is another number of mine. See if I can do a little bit of reading on that too. I just, you know, think of things the the morning of or as I go along, and for different people, I talk about different things because I have, you know, messages about that sort of thing. So on this, in the same book, Animals Speak by Ted Anders on two fifty eight is a cat, the mystery, magic, and independence cycle of power, nighttime. It would be unjust not to at least talk about and touch upon the energies and essence of the cat. So many larger cats are examined. But cats in general, wild or domestic, you know, in this book they talk about different cats. So they have many uh, qualities in common. In myth and lore, the cat predominates. In ancient Egypt, they held the position of special privilege. The goddess Bast was often depicted as a cat or with a cat's head. So you can see that in you know Egyptian culture too, right? In Scandinavian lore, the cat was associated with the goddess of fertility, Freya. In the Hindu tradition, Shasti, the goddess of childbirth, is depicted riding upon a cat. Cats appear frequently in the tales of the Brothers Grimm and many folk stories from around the world. And, you know, two cats have also been attributed a wild variety of traits, often contradictory. Curiously, nine lives. Oh, boy. There's the number nine. Independence, cleverness, unpredictability, and healing are but a few. A cat, a witch's pet cat was usually regarded as a familiar, a spirit in the form of a cat. It's often believed that witches would take the form of cats. So they're at home after dark. And they're out and about. So most humans want them to be traditional pets during the day, and they do not respond. You know, they are accredited with independence and um, unsociability. They kind of stick to one person, right? I just had a drink of water. Because the dark is the home of fears, and those things humans do not want to see and can't see. So somehow we're tapping into that. You know, we're going beyond the cat. 
The cat has become associated with magic and mystery. The truth is that cats have more rods in the retinas of their eyes, which enhances light perception. So they perceive the light. It enables them to see effectively in the dark. So maybe that's why humanity, you know, is going through this right now. And the cat is showing itself to me. I've seen so many cats lately, and they're crawling on fences, and they're almost in my face. You know, I don't own a cat. I used to own dogs, but I don't even have those anymore. So the prey of the cat is the mouse, but it by no means is limited to it. Cats still effectively hunt birds and rabbits. The traditional enemy of the cat is the dog, but it's not its only enemy. For anyone with cat totem, the quality and the study of the qualities of the mouse and the dog will be beneficial for you helping to understand the magic and balance of energies with the cat. Examine the colors, the character, and behaviors of your own cat. Everything about it will be significant. So many books exist on the lore and character of cats, whether domesticated or wild, or any time a cat becomes predominant, look for magic and mystery to come alive. So it is a magical time for humanity. They're going back. You know, who's talking about um, these energies that are changing they're changing back to where they once were. They were messed with, okay? I want to maybe touch on a few things to do with the planetary retrogrades that, you know, I was talking about. So I guess March 30th, Jupiter retrogrades in square. So it was squared, I'm not, to Pluto. Um, they're both at 19 degrees, Uh And, you know, the moon, I believe, on the 29th went into Taurus energy. So I guess Taurus is very intense energy. And I was talking about Venus being in retrograde too. So in the planet, uh, Venus is affiliated with the energy Taurus. So there's something going on with with all that energy that was there last week. And it's it's a concentration uh, and focus time. You know, I was talking about going within. So Mercury goes into, um, just saying where Mercury goes into retrograde pretty soon. Um, oh, it went into, sorry, went into retrograde. I just got to see where, where that happens. Uh, anyway, all the planets... Um, Pretty much uh, Jupiter and um, Mercury. I have it written here, so I'm trying to find it. Um, there's something else that I have to focus on. That's, what, I guess, why I'm... Um, you know, it has to do with relationships, the energy right now, too. You may find that suddenly an old relationship that you've had for a long time might be breaking up. I know somebody was married for 20 years, and just one day he woke up and there was a note, and she said, I'm gone. And it was like, holy smokes. And anyway, he went on a date. This is a a while later. And I don't know why they set him up with somebody who was transgender, but 
he wasn't going to be rude, so he went on this date with this person. And it was basically, um, you know, so it, it it got me thinking about all this balance of masculine and feminine energy. And he was kind of a reflection of that. So it's about adaptability right now and being able to respond to criticism and things that aren't so positive around us in a in a very balanced and not a, an aggressive way, okay? So there was also this Mercury, Mars, and Taurus energy and Venus and Aries energy, so it was a lot of balance going on there. So getting back to that uh, Jupiter square Pluto opposite Uranus, it was like a, a, this T-square energy. And Mercury enters Taurus. Um, I guess that's when the around the 19th or something when that Mercury retrograde's happening. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, it's a very intense time of transformation. I, I'm seeing that. But it has to do with what's coming from the heart. And it has to do with some closing of some realms in the astral plane too um, that have affected uh, the frequency of the body, you know, like the um, astral body and the etheric body and I guess all the bodies, causal bodies. And also right now the Saturn Saturn is conjuncting the galactic center. And it this what this you know, this is kind of um energy that has been kind of controlling humanity for a long time, this Saturn energy. But when it goes to the galactic center it's defragmentating our core. Um some of this information is on the Pele report with Kaipacha, who does astral readings and uh, March the 29th, okay? Anyway, it, it involves letting go of, um, you know, who we, who we, ha, what we thought we were and who we really weren't, okay? It has to do with letting go. Anyway, so with all these, um, you know, Venus and um, Jupiter retrograde and Mercury retrograde and Venus is still in retrograde, it's a a big reflection time. So, you know, I was talking about, um, you know, where your Saturn return was when you were born. And then I was saying that, you know, where your Venus retrograde and your, I'm trying to think of it now, Mercury retrograde when you're born, affect or are a reflection of um, what you have to deal with. And when, you know, this Mercury retrograde that's going to be happening, I, I think I said on the, the 19th, but it's it's the 9th, it's it's it, it's going to look at 
we're going in to look at limiting core beliefs and this galactic center at the same time is shaking the foundation that we've had here for for a long time but it, it goes i i was seeing you know the crumbling of my pot outside so it something is going on but what it does it increases our personal truth and who we really are and how we feel and it when i was talking at the beginning of the show about the shadow that we have and looking at the you know, the karmic stuff the shadow stuff it it raises things to the surface so when these things leave the physical body the vibration gets higher and then each of the cause you know the different types of bodies within you know the the outer bodies start to change in their frequency. Anyway, you know, I was talking about when the upper heart opens and this a lot of this karmic energy is left and the upper heart opens, we can really start to look at stuff that comes to the surface. You know, we went down to look at it and then we basically floated up and brought it with us. So it's 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 like being resurrected. This Venus energy is being resurrected, and the Chiron energy, which is associated with this this Venus, you know, um, what do you call it? This Venus retrograde has us looking at these different pieces that are coming up and falling everywhere, and you know. It's basically like the underworld stuff that's coming up or has to do with the astral plane and letting go of things, not holding on to this illusion that we have here and remembering who we really are. And it has to do with radical self-honesty and end of this illusion. So a lot of big changes going on. You know, there's four retrograde planets pretty soon. So... You know, these subtle body energies that I was talking about and the astral organs or the etheric organs, excuse me, and this flowing of energy and the opening of and frequencies is is pretty amazing. You know, we have, like I was saying before, three physical plane bodies and um, three spiritual, you know, the energies, from the spiritual, our energies emanate from the spiritual plane, and the three um, physical plane bodies are energies that emanate from the physical plane here, you know, that create the physical body. And the astral body is the bridge between the lower and the higher bodies, and, it, you know, also the bridge with, you know, the heart. So the, the heart is, in each, you know, all the different chakras are in each of the bodies. So the energies from the higher planes must pass through this fire. It's it's like a, how do you call it, a purification. You know, when all these things start to open up and the higher chakras open up, there's like this, um, you know, kind of a, a fire phase. You know, some people actually feel like they have molten lava within them. So the heart chakra is a busy place right now and you have to you know open up the heart chakra to be able to open up 
and shift your energy into a higher consciousness. It's almost like, you know, when you see those little Russian dolls, you have the little things all inside, but they, when you shake them, they butt into each other. And the energy vibrates more quickly as the further you get out. So those seven chakras within the etheric body are vibrating at a lower frequency than, you know, the outermost bodies. And it, it's pretty interesting. So, you know, when they do Carillion photography, that first etheric body is the one that shows up. And let me see if I can talk about anything else um, before we go. You know, I, I, I put this thing on Facebook. I do not like, I'm not like everyone else. I don't pretend to be. I don't want to be. I am me. And these are times to be who you are, but also to think about other people, right? Um, so, you know, I was talking about the higher mind. You know, this is part of what happens when you ignite, you know, like that fire within you and you open up the heart. You know, it, everything influences other things. You know, we shift here, we shift in the higher planes. So, I think we're, we're given clues. And, you know, we, when we hook into the knowing, we get, you know, we're going beyond the knowing into even more knowing. But the unknown is what is happening. You know, some people say, well, I don't know why I did that. or I, I do it all the time. So, anyway, there, there's a Bible reading and it says, uh, Jude, the, Jude 1, 6 and the angel, you know, 6. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. You know, I was talking about, um, you know, this um, ring that Solomon had kept these kind of dark angels. And then it was dug up by... um, a priest at one point and it released these beings on the earth you know there are openings in between the different realms right and they're very close to each other so the frequency if we keep in a higher frequency they can't really access this reality there's things written in a lot of places that these angels fell to earth from upper dimensions and you know it it's, I guess, a mystery, but um, you know they they also say that you know we can rise above it, and the there, there are these watchers they they've talked about, and but they're they're different than the angelic beings. I think those are the ones that give us some of the the messages too because they're trying to help. Anyway, the higher mind has to do with the connection to the heart. 
but it also has to do with um, these subtle body energies that I was talking about. So, you know, that have to do with the development of, of the mind and how we see things. So just keep that in mind. No no pun intended. Um, let me just see. Uh, there's a site called... Um, I think after 12 o'clock you won't be able to hear me anymore. So if you're listening on the phone, you'll be able to hear it. If not, you, you can go back and listen to the rest. Okay. Um, you talk about this new moon in Aries. You know, that Aries energy I was talking about um, with that Venus uh, retrograde energy is pretty powerful. And... Um, the Saturn energy is pretty powerful to, you know, have people go within themselves. Anyway, I think right now, like, we're being challenged to be who we really are and to show that part of ourselves that is good. So acting on our own impulses, the constructive ones without fear, and just, I guess, going into the knowing and knowing exactly what we have to do at the right time. So it's going beyond the, what we should do. It's basically learning to go beyond intuition, to trust who, you know, who we really are. And it, it gives us strength and personal integrity and confidence. You know, all those things. So... Venus is in retrograde to April the 15th, and on the second retreats into the sign of Pisces. So um, that's a big change. I, I, I'm trying to remember what it was in before, but anyway, it doesn't matter. On the sixth, Saturn t- turns retrograde and will continue to travel in this apparent backward motion until August the 25th. So, you know, I was talking about four planets that are going to be very soon in retrograde. So we're we're starting this really deep um, inner journey and change within us. It's reflected in what I see around me, okay? What I see happening for people and the prayers that I've been, you know, praying for to help people and to, to help them see beyond this. So at what, And then, you know, on the 6th, I was saying Saturn turns retrograde and we tend to review our responsibilities and commitments as opposed to dealing with them in the moment. And it has to also, you know, going really deep and looking at that energy that I was talking about and that karmic stuff, you know, the karmic stuff is held within our outer bodies too. So once we get rid of all that stuff, it'll be vibrating even faster. So these unusual experiences of guilt and self-doubt as we internalize fears, but we also um, have a chance to reassess our commitment. This is uh, cafeastrology.com this month's um, astrology. Because, you know, planets are reflections of what's going on within us too. So, you know, I'm not an astrologist or anything by any means, but 
So it's about looking at our commitments and that Venus energy about our relationships, all those different things. On the 9th, Mercury turns retrograde in the sign of Taurus. This retrograde cycle will last until May the 3rd. So there's that number 9 again. This is a strong period for getting in touch with our security and comfort needs and reviewing business and financial matters. We may be questioning our values or our resources. So you may be looking at some of those things and projects and items and even people in new ways in terms of value and worth. So instead of looking people's way to make money, you're looking more people as their value, okay? Um, Mercury started shadow on March 27th, so that issues encountered conversations and projects started until the 9th can very well come up for review later. And I was talking about that new moon in the sign of Libra on the 11th. It brings sudden awareness, so... It has something to do with the truth and that connection and awareness from the heart and the throat and, you know, the etheric body and that sort of thing. So it helps. It's going to make people more aware of relationship imbalances and flaws and help them decide if they want to. You know, this is a time where we're looking within and seeing what we don't want and changing it to what we do want. That's why it's important to look at what you dream about and what you have around you. And then if you have dreams that are really heavy duty and you don't like what you're having, you can repudiate that, repudiate that, and just be very precise about what you do want. So Pluto is stationary on the 20th and turns retrograde. So that's happening too. Pluto's intense complex energy hangs heavy in the air and we may be accessing how we use our power. We are not open about if we are not open about our desire control from power so it may be less in touch with it during the cycle since until September 28th. Now there's something I wanted to talk about about uh September 23rd of this year too that has to do with a bunch of stuff. With Saturn and Chiron forming a square on the 30th, we may be dealing with fears of not being competent or effective enough to reach our responsibilities. Or we could find it hard to strike out in uh, a unique path, again, due to fears or insecurities. So this is a big healing time to look at a lot of things. But, you know, to break away from the status quo, we were talking about how... um, you know, we're, we're really going to change about how we see things here. We also have to have that confidence and that strength to be able to do it, okay? So that Saturn, Uranus, trying helps in this regard, offering a sense of innovation that doesn't have to involve drastic change. This aspect was first exact in December and will form again in November. So I, I was hearing about this. So in December, November, and now, I mean, December and now, and in November, you know, this energy is pretty strong. So, you know, it give you the it shows that humanity will have the confidence to do this to make these big changes. So there's a chart here, they have everything listed. Um they have 
Venus re-enters Pisces on the second, and uh, Jupiter by Quiltai's Neptune, and then April sixth, the Saturn retrograde. April ninth, the Mercury retrograde, and then the full moon in Libra at thirty-three degrees. I'll talk about that if it has to do with what's going on, and then. April 15th, Venus goes direct. Sun enters Taurus, Pluto retrograde. Mercury retrograde enters Aries on April the 20th. So there's a big shift right there. And then Mars enters Gemini. And new moon, Taurus on the 26th. And then on the 28th, Venus enters Aries. And then... Saturn squares Chiron on April the 30th. So a lot of big, intense changes going on. So I I wanted to read about the... I hope I have something written here about the 23rd. Uh, Let me see if I can find it. Okay. There's, uh, you know, I was talking about self-honesty and looking deep within themselves. With, when your heart chakra is open and you connect with the higher mind, you want to look within yourself. Our suffering arises from the unseen and the unfelt, the resisted part of our psyche. And all the energy is happening now for, to allow us to release that stuff and to really look at it. And this, you know, self journey or the self-talk or the self-honesty we can that we look at we can really even deepen our self-honesty and reconnect ourselves to the wholeness of being what enables us to live with spontaneity spontaneity confidence wisdom and love this site is uh tara brack t-a-r-a and then brack b-r-a-c-h and there's a video here. It's called Radical Self-Honesty of the Joy of Getting Real, Getting Close to Our, you know, Who We Really Are. Let me see if I can find that article. I don't want to... So there's there's a lot going on right now. Um, we're going to maybe take a look at this before I get into the... September 23rd stuff. There's also an article called uh, straightwoo.com and um, the word straight S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T woo W-O-O and then it talks about astrological transits. So There's kind of balance going on, but it's also digging up memories and desires. And um, we're looking to Venus, who really rules the roost in this month. And it dominates both the new and full moon. And they occur in uh, the signs of, like I was saying before, Taurus and Libra. So pretty strong within this month, that feminine energy. Mid-month there will be a station direct after being retrograde since March the 4th. So April splits cleanly into two sections. The first half where Venus is still retrograde and the second half after there's a station direct. So 
it has to do with the earthly stuff um, and then it has to do with the spiritual stuff. So we'll have other planets, Saturn, Mercury, and Pluto turning retrograde one step forward, three step back. So this is more about those retrogrades. So Pluto retrogrades withstanding Pluto uh, transit to our natal charts. Oh, this can be very intense. I was um, so if you have, like I was saying, if you were born um, in times where there were a bunch of retrogrades, like I was, <laughs> you're, you're, you might be a very intense person like I am. And you may go digging and things may come to you, you know. So it's less in your face than the retrogrades of the inner planets, this Pluto one. Um, anyway, I, was, I was, think I was talking about Saturn's retrograde in Sagittarius and the Chiron stuff, which has a lot of healing and stuff in it too. So the person says, I'm not normally one to cower in the face of Mercury retrograde. At this time, I'll pass over my own chart, Mercury and I do cower now. I, I do note, however, it partially happened in Aries, where we will have just been finishing up the Venus retrograde. It could be that there's more work to do with one last rung to climb. So it, it, it is a very intense time. So anyway, they go on to talk about the first half. We'll have another start to the month, including the Palace Athena, creative intelligence healing. So there's a lot of healing going on. I can feel it too, within the heart especially. And Venus has to do with the heart too. Just last month we started off with Neptune conjunction to Pallius and this month on April 1st we have Venus retrograde Pallius. Venus and Pallius are two parts of one whole. They meld together. Venus helps to soothe down Pallius andro-alpha ways and Pallius fortifies Venus's soft touch with a bit of her armor. So there's a lot of balance and that's what helps us to be able to do that hard work, okay? Ceres and Pluto will be trying on April 2nd, connected by a, a myth of love, loss, separation, and return. When these two bodies are in positive contact, they become the ultimate visors through cycles of rebirth. And April 3rd is the first of two trines, the Mercury, the mind communication makes to the North Node, calling what we're drawn to. In May, the North Node will... Enter Leo. So if you've got any lot ditch plans to write, speak, make a deal, now's the time. And it's a beautiful time. A repeat of this energy happens April the 18th during Mercury's retrograde. So it, it asked, if you want to do any type of communication, it's important to do it times, or it, it makes itself known in those times. Mars will try and Pluto on April 6th will make for tremendous, powerful surges of drive and ambition. On the same day, Saturn will station retrograde into the end of August, covering the 21 to 28 degrees of Sagittarius. I think that's important energy right now. On April 9th, we have the second of three Venus-Saturn squares. And Venus wants to chill. Saturn wants to work. Venus says yes. Saturn says no. Venus is warm and wet. Saturn is cold and dry. Venus connects. Saturn withdraws. Theirs is not so much an affair to remember, which is why so many astrologers consider this is one of the hardest aspects to overcome in synergy charts. The best way to work with Venus-Saturn squares is not to work with them at all. 
So let things slide for a day or two, it says here. Mercury turns retrograde. Um, anyway, they talk about today as well, and, and that's um, on the 9th. So notice a place that your mind travels to or arguments will rise. So it's it's a time not to really be out there. It's more of being within and seeing what we don't want and working from those astral planes in our dream time. So it's really important what you think and what you put forward right now. And I'm going to put an intention that everyone be able to do that, to shift things greatly here, okay? On the same day, April 10th, Mars will conjoin Ceres, the great mother of the zodiac and principle of nurturing. Our shagged out warrior may be in need of home-style TLC and get plenty of it from Ceres. Take care of each other. And rest while you can because 11th is much itchier, it says. Uranus, the rule breaker, squares Vesta, the queen of the tunnel vision. So these guys form it power, desperate urges to break out against anything that imprisons us. So this is pretty intense stuff. We may burn down the prison while we're still inside of it if we are careful. The energy can be encapsulated into full moon in Libra, which occurs on the same day. So, wow. So this energy that I talk about that has held humanity, not in prison, but the old rules, you know, what hold us captive, we're going beyond that, okay? And Libra is about the balance, too. So the sun will make a series of squares between April 4th and the 14th. Squares from the sun aren't too terribly serious since they were quickly moving transit. But there are a number of them on April 4th. The sun squares Juno, which can create a struggle with our ego needs and our partners. So it's important to look at your ego right now. And the sun on the 8th opposes Jupiter, which is over promising and delivering dream come true on April 9th. The sun squares Pluto, which is a good time to purge the areas of your life by Aries and Capricorn. And finally, on the 14th, the sun will square Vista, which will create obstacles in our working life. So to go within and to rely on your knowing will help a lot. So I'm going to put an intention and a prayer that humanity focuses on love, goes within, releases a lot of the energy that they had with them. This in turn opens up the heart, speeds up the frequency, and it carries us away from this 3D reality into higher consciousness. So they're talking about uh, Venus uh, on the 15th, stations next to Chiron, which is, you know, the pain and the healing I was talking about earlier. Anyway, uh, in the 17th, it's a fortifying day given the trine of the sun, ego, soul to Saturn. Also on this day, we'll have the first nice aspect of Venus since her direct station, the form of soft and light sex down to Mars. So this is balancing energy again. So it's about balance. It's about going within. It's about releasing old energy. So this Venus in Pisces is the compassionate quarters on Mars. The Taurus is the steadfast soldier together. They're sublime. 
Anyway, it says you might hear the scream of Jupiter and Juno as they bash it out. Jupiter promises big but delivers. Juno has heard it all before. So there's going to be some clashes. So Mercury gets renewed in the rays of the sun on April the 20th. This is known as the inferior conjunction, which is fancy astro speak for Mercury's personal new moon. The inferior conjunction is considered the, the best day of the retrograde. So April the 20th. So if you must, the next conjunction to the sun, the spiritual a superior conjunction of full moon and Mercury will take place June the 21st, 2007. Thing. 17 things that start now will build between them and now. And Pluto will station retrograde on April 20th and turning direct on the 29th. April 21st is a mixed bag. And um, I'm going to let you follow up with this and read this. Um, so there's a lot of transits happening this month, and it's uh, astrology transits for April 2017, and it's straightwoo.com, okay? Um, I was wanting to read that one thing, and I, I've been looking for it. I just can't seem to... You know, I've been talking about the light and, and different things like that, Um there's there's something I'll read before I do that. There's a, a site called BuddhaSutra.com. S-U-T-R-A dot Buddha first and Sutra. The Buddha speaks of the infinite life sutra of adornment, purity, equality, and, and enlightenment. I guess this was translated into Chinese during the Teowai dynasty. And it it's by somebody who who was translating it from Sanskrit from from India. Okay. It it has a, a kind of a story. It says that Buddha was staying in, uh, on the vulture park in Raja Jia. Um with um, a large company of 12 monks. They were all great sages who had already attained supernatural powers. Amongst them were the following. The Venerable Ajanta Kundinya, the Venerable Ashravit, the Venerable Vashpa, the Venerable Mahamna, the Venerable Bajajit, and the Venerable Vimala, the Venerable Vashadiva, and the Venerable Subahu, the Venerable Punaka, the Venerable Vampati, the Venerable Yuliva Kashapa. Anyway, they, there's a whole bunch of them. And I say all of these were elders, so there's a lot of them. The Mahavaya. Bodhavista was also accompanying the Buddha, including all of these auspicious Kalpi, as are the Bodhavista Shambhanda, the Bodhavista Mahajanda, and the Bodhavista Maitreya. There were also 16 lay Bodhavistas, and um, there were a lot of different wise people. It was like a big, you know, bunch of, you know, people. Anyway, all of these Bodhavishtas, following the virtues of the Mahavasha Shambhadaha, 
is endowed with immeasurable practices and vows of the Bodhavista path and firmly dwells in all the these wonderful deeds. He travels all the ten quarters and employs skillful means of emancipation. He enters the treasury of the Dharma of the Buddhas and reaches other shore. Through innumerable worlds he attains he attains enlightenment. This gets quite complicated. And first dwelling in the Tashita heaven, he proclaims the true Dharma. Having left the heavenly place or palace, he descends into his mother's womb. So they're talking about reincarnation here. Soon after he is born from her right side and he takes seven steps. As he does so, an effluent illuminates everywhere in the ten quarters and innumerable Buddha land shakes in six ways. Then he utters these words, I will become the most honored one in the world. So we're talking about enlightened mastery. I believe that, um, you know, life and death in, in a 3D world is, is much different than when we go into fifth dimensional consciousness and we live in that enlightened way. You know, our vitality is different. How we see things is different. How this world will be is a lot different. And, you know, it's not about so much about what we don't like here. It's about what we have here and it's it's there. We just have to focus on that more than anything else, okay? You know, they, they talk about these virtues and different things. You can read about them. I, I was going to do it, and I thought, you know, there's a lot to plow through there. So basically what I'm trying to say is enlightened mastery is and heart consciousness is available to all. So that's as simple as I can, I can put it. It depends on on what you want. You know, what do you want for the world? You know, I'm still trying to find that that article that I had. Just okay. Let me see if that, this is the one. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll read this one. It's it's from a Catholic thing, but that's okay. A lot of people have been asking me questions about September 23rd. Apparently, in the last 7,000 years, and this apparently alignment is in the Bible, people are wondering if something bad's going to happen. Anyway, I'm not going to read the article, but you can you can look this up if you want to read about it. I'm trying to find the the Catholic astronomer, and it's called Biblical Signs in the Sky, September 23rd, 2017. Because I'm reading this off my iPhone. So anyway, he goes on to say that he had um, been reading this Vatican blog, and it was full of all this discussion on black holes and who done it and what was going on 
and different things like that. Anyway, there's a great sign. It, it talks about it in Revelations uh, 12. So, and apparently this alignment is supposed to be happening on September 23rd, 2017. And, and anyway, this it says a great sign appeared in the sky, and a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head, and a crown of 12 stars. She was with child and wailed aloud in pain as she labored to give birth. She gave birth to a son, a male child destined to rule all the nations with an iron rod. On September 23, 2017, the sun will be in the zodiac constellation Virgo. A woman clothed with the sun. The moon will be at the feet of the Virgo with the moons under her feet. The, seven, the nine stars of the zodiac constellation Leo plus three planets, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, will be the head of Virgo, and on her head, a crown of 12 stars. So that's what it's saying in this Bible passage. It's, all these stars are aligning in these planets and different things. The planet Jupiter will be in the center of Virgo, and the weeks pass after September 23rd, Jupiter will exit Virgo to the east, Past her feet, so to speak. She was with child and wailed aloud in pain as she labored to give birth. Jupiter is the largest of the planets, the king of the planets, so to speak. She gave birth to a son, a male child, destined to rule the nations with an iron rod. This must this not be a sign of something momentous like the internet sources say. This is what this person is asking. But they have all these different pictures. And he says, now I know that the readers of this blog are diverse people with interest in astronomy, a diverse group, and you all have diverse reactions to this question. Some of you are probably saying right now, what a bunch of nonsense. Others of you may be thinking that my caller had a good point and you would like to learn more. Fortunately, I'm a community college professor. Community college people are a team in the academic world, as in B.A. Hannibal and grew from TV show and the movie. We are tougher than anyone else and able to save the day using duct tape. Anyway, we thrive on diversity. No questions uh, phases us. We know there are a lot of smart people out there who have not much formal education in topic like astronomy. So my caller was familiar with the uh, Stellarium Sky software. He could call up the skies of September 23rd, 2007, on Stellarium and see for himself that this celestial arrangement was a real thing. He he was a reasonable he had a reasonable question. Science just need to be able to answer questions people have like this one without answering the questions is nonsense because questions will not go away just because they were dismissed as before. Long I was having a nice conversation with the caller and I end up telling him. I would look into the question and write a post on this topic, but I said it was unlikely to be the post he was looking for. He said he was okay with that. So basically, the way this constellation is on Virgo on September 23rd, it matches up with what is said in Revelations. So, And he has pictures showing this. And apparently, in modern history, 
this is the first time this is ever going to happen. But, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen every 26,000 years or other things too. So, anyway, he goes on to ask the crown of the 12 stars and the planet of Leo. And there are many more than nine stars in Leo. These nine or higher ones that are often depicted as, as compromising. So I just want to say that, you know, a lot of people are are kind of either freaking out or saying it's nonsense. But it definitely is showing something. I don't... Because things that we have around us are reflections of things around us, right? So I would... Uh, it's just saying, is it true that astrology... Reading heavens for signs is something astronomers used to believe was valid. But astrologers have found to have more, more significant um, than anything else, okay? But we've seen all these planetary signs. And, you know, in I would say in the past, maybe sometimes they would reflect what was going on. But I can't see anything, um, you know, being, because we, we create our reality around us. We can completely change things, you know, from uh, from what's going on. Anyway, I'm just trying to find uh, more things written on about this. I, I had a really good article. I don't know what happened to it, but anyway... This person has the daily crow. What is the Revelation 12 sign in 2000 telling us? And If you read my post earlier on, Revelation 12 sign, you would understand the astrological alignment which occurs for the first and only time in all history will take place in September of 23rd of 2017. For if the following to be understood must hold the belief that there are no accidents in God's sovereign order, that he created the heavens for his glory. The heavens declare the glory of God in the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And that's Psalm 19, verses 1. When God created the stars, he let, it, let us know the reason. And God said, that, let there be light in the firmament of the heaven to define the day from night. Let them be the signs and seasons for the days and the years. Genesis 1, verses 14. First to divide day from night or light, from darkness. There's another layer to its meaning as well. Secondly, for signs and seasons, signs is precisely what John saw in Revelation 12. Seasons do not refer to winter, spring, summer, and fall, but rather recurring periods of time. So, with his acknowledgement of the sovereign design set in motion from the inception of the universe and the signs placed therein, I proceed with the dissection of its components. My hope is the analysis and that those who claim to know the truth are willing to look deeper and apply a fundamental aspect of God's nature, but overlooked by modern-day believers. And speaking of God's glory, as it appears in detail, can only be covered by deep analysis. Before I begin, I like to allow the following verse to sink in. Those two verses inform my quest for truth, inspire my reverence for God, and have heightened my awareness from what is unseen by the physical eye. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. Proverbs 25, verses 2. 
Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and slew the great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Jeremiah 33.3. Overview and order of assigned. It says, if you do not accept the premise that the uh, specific sign of Revelation 12 is to occur in September 2007, then don't Bother to continue reading as the following will not make much sense. Rather, read my previous post on this topic. So, you know, right now people are reading, you know, um, the Bible and somebody has correlated and, you know, done this program and saw that what it says in this Revelation 12 corresponds to how the stars are going to be in September 23rd, 2017. So, you know, some people take this to heart, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't, but this, um, there's some people that would take this to heart and maybe cause some problems. So what I'm going to do is pray that um, people see, see it for what it is, not for what it isn't, because that's what we're doing right now, right? And like I said before, it says in this verse 12 that a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant, was crying out in birth pains and agony of having given birth. So it's Revelation 12, verses 1 to 2. For many years, this believe this chapter in Revelation is allegorical. It wasn't until recently the technology has been able to view stellar alignments through the whole of history. We now know that the great sign described by John in Revelation 12 is a specific event which is to take place on September 23rd. This alignment has never before taken place and will never take place again. I don't know if I can never say never, but as with previous celestial signs, apparently it... it, um, Somebody said that it, it, it took 7,000 years for it to happen. So maybe it did happen before pre-recorded history. I don't know. As with previous celestial signs, many people draw erroneous conclusions. The full moon tetrad of 2014 and 15, which I talked about, were an important sign only. The seventh to fall in Jewish feasts since Christ was uh, previous to resulting in the return of Israel, followed by the return of Jerusalem. Many teachers deceptively applied it meant the start of an apocalypse, and it didn't. So I'm saying, you know, there may be a meaning to it, but it may have something to do with the birthing of humanity. Could be a lot of different things. We shouldn't put. Um, a label on it. Anyway, they, they talk a little bit about celestial signs and prophetic things. And it says here that on the day or year they're displayed in heavens where we can't expect the lever to be pulled. And it is the same with the Revelation 12 sign. You know, when I, I just want to make a point. You know, in the etheric body, when you do healing there, it takes a while, maybe even months, to show up in the physical body. So I think sometimes signs can be things that will be happening, but it's just a reflection. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's happening that day, okay? 
they talk uh, about the church in Israel and also these other different signs. So if you want to read a little bit more about that, um, you know, I talk about how planets and different things, when we I'm given messages of that they are important to look at, and I'm not a, an astrologer or anything like that, but it always seems when I talk about them, they correlate. So I'm not getting anything big about this stuff, but it doesn't mean that people aren't going to read into it. So I'm going to put an intention out that the true divine meaning of God, that it be interpreted and happen the way it's it's supposed to. The significance, if if there is significance, and the closer to the time, I guess I, I will look at it again. But I just want to let people know that, you know, don't read into these things unless you see other other signs around you, okay? Um, I've gotten kind of 40 minutes over the time, but um, I haven't done a show for for a while. So, anyway, so... I guess for an overview of, um, I, I did mention to you, if you're interested to look at the Venus retrograde tables, um, astrologer Richard Nolis has a 3,000-year retrograde thing. And um, so see what your um, Venus retrograde at birth was. You, you, can, you can Google that, okay? This Venus retrograde. I guess it's a time, you know, that we're going through right now. It's time to look back and to feel what hasn't worked and and things that you're sorry about. And, I mean, it's a heavy-duty time. And it's about old issues. And Venus is, is love and harmony and compassion. But you know, it allows us to look at the deeper aspects of maybe not the positive things that we've had, but on a positive note, this uh, Venus retrograde can bring freshness to our love within us. You know, I had a, I was in love with this guy quite a few years ago that was 15 years older than me, and I just got a feeling I, I should phone him or try to phone him the other day, and I did. And I found out that he is—he un- doesn't recognize people. He's having a lot of problems. Um, he's got Alzheimer's and all that sort of thing. But you know, a person that's you know seventy-six years old—that's um, still pretty young, as far as I'm concerned. But what it, what does that indicate to me? You know, it has something to do with that part of the mind, the higher mind and that sort of thing. He he was a really prominent scientific mind and now he doesn't have that. So I just did a prayer for him that I would help him bring his memories to the surface so he could deal with the karmic stuff and all that that he has to deal with. I've dealt with mine already, so I would be there for him. So we've got... You know, like I said before, as a conclusion, I'll just leave it at that, that we've got these four planets 
that are going into retrogrades. So that is pretty heavy-duty stuff, and we have to look. You know, I was talking about a little bit about these realms and these demons. They say that, you know, we're all part of everything, and it's about looking at past demons or things that weren't so good. And I know a lot of people have been doing that. But it's also a very magical time that we can revive, reunite, repair, restore things within us. So March 4th to April the 3rd, it's in Aries, okay? So the, these selfish or impulsive acts can cause breakdowns in love or maybe breakthroughs. So it, it's about making some sacrifice, looking within, looking at these things from a different point, especially if we open up the heart and the higher mind and the heart mind. From April 3rd to the 15th, Venus is into Pisces. You know, I mentioned that, eh? And this could reawaken some much-needed fantasy. But you don't want to go into delusion or... It's it's about uncovering hidden information and looking at the knowing within us and the higher chakras. You know, we have all these different bodies around us, but each one has a chakra. And if your vibrational energy is high, you can look within yourself and see, you know, where you need to work. So or what you need to release and just ask. So this Venus retrograde is is heavy, 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 heavy. That's all I can say. I'm feeling it around me. And look at what you see around you. What is What messages are you getting to what you have to work at? And... You know, this is about the inner journey right now. This is about opening that part of yourself, that love part of yourself, and then connecting to that higher power that you have with with source or God or whatever you want to call it. It's not about the battle on the outside. It's dealing with the battle within. And, you know, once we deal with that stuff that we have within and you know, the karmic stuff, we won't be wanting to be anybody but who we are. You know, some people, well, if I did this and I changed my hair color and if I became a woman instead of a man, I'd be happier. But most of those people aren't happier. It's about being happy within and then creating that happiness around you and living in that higher frequency and um, the higher frequency of love. Here. Have a great Thank week. you for listening to This Hopefully Dimensional Living show. with your host, Diane Bachberger, bringing awareness to our world of greater love. For more information on Diane, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash dbachberger1. May your hearts and minds always be open to experiencing a greater world.